Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Money, Life, and Men podcast, personal growth for your work, life, and money. My name is Kimberly, and I'm a career coach specializing in helping women break out of their imposter syndrome and living up to their career potential. I'm here to help you develop the personal growth skills to meaningfully make and manage your money. How? By tackling the self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and procrastination habits that are holding you back. And today we're going to be talking about the three key mistakes you need to avoid when changing careers. And this is really how to build and create a meaningful career. So this episode is quite special because the audio has actually been taken from an Instagram live I did on how to create a meaningful career. And I had a lot of technical of difficulties with downloading and then trying to upload the video. So I just took the audio and I've put it in the podcast so that anyone who missed the live can also listen to it as well. And in this episode, I'm really going to be talking about career planning mistakes, especially when it comes to career change, because I feel like most people already have a certain career path. We've kind of been, it's kind of been embedded on in us at a very young age to pursue a career path. And I think that career planning is something we were kind of sort of taught in high school and university, but the career advice around it has been always quite one size fits all. And I don't mean that in terms of, you know, everyone telling you to be a doctor or lawyer or an accountant, but the approach to career planning. So when you go into a career counselor's office in high school or university, or when you're trying to decide on a career path, most people respond with, you know, well, what are you good at? And do what you're good at is a type of well-meaning career advice that most people follow, even though it doesn't lead to necessarily lead to a meaningful career. And I have a whole episode on terrible career advice you need to avoid to um, or ignore to avoid working in a dead end job. And that is episode 12 of the podcast. So after you listen to this episode, I recommend you go back and listen to that one. But most career planning, especially around career change and the type of like the approach to career planning that we're taught, it's very centric around a few key items, which is skills, salary, industry, interests, and personality. But I truly believe that is not enough. Career planning also needs to incorporate other things like lifestyle choices, motivation, work environments, and ultimately fulfillment, because that is what will keep you going in your career. So this episode is really geared towards that. So this episode is really geared towards how to create a meaningful career and the career planning aspects and career change aspects that nobody else talks about. And before we get started, I really want to remind you in case you missed it, that I have launched my one-on-one career coaching program. And I actually announced it on the live. Um, I've cut out that ending part um, just because 
it had all the details and stuff like that. And I, I really wanted this episode to be focused on how to create a meaningful career. But I do want you to remind you that there is a special promotion going on up until December 10th, 2020. And I'm so excited for this program to launch because up until now, I've only been working with clients privately, one-on-one who'd come to me. I never gave the opportunity to anyone else in the community. And what's so exciting about this program in particular is that it's 100% customized to you, but it does follow my signature framework called Promote Yourself. And this program and framework is really a combination of mindset and strategy. So when we talk about career planning and career advice, a lot of times people only focus on the tangible aspects of it, the interview, the resume, the LinkedIn profile. And while all of that is great and wonderful, there is so much more behind it. There's the personal growth, there's the mindset. And I especially um, focus on helping uh, my clients break out of imposter syndrome so they can promote themselves and really create boundaries and be able to create and go for meaningful careers to live up to the current potential that they feel like they're unqualified for. So if you are interested in that, please go to the link in the show notes. I will link um, up the page, which has more information. And what the next step is, is to actually fill out an application. So what you can do is you can book a call and then answer a few short questions. um, And we will talk more about it one-on-one together. Because, and I really believe in, you know, getting to know each other before um, working together, because especially the type of um, career coaching that I do. It's extremely personal. It's extremely vulnerable. I've had people cry in the calls before, and that's okay because when you're talking about self-doubt, it brings up so much more than just, hey, this is what you say in a resume. And so I, um, again, will link that stuff in the show notes. But in today's episode, I really want to focus on how to build a meaningful career. So let's get started. I just want to really share today a lot of behind the scenes of how to create a a fulfilling career and really my personal journey through it. This is all the stuff I wish someone would have told me 10 years ago. So it took me like 10 years to figure out all of this stuff. And I'm hoping that by being on this live, by watching this video, you will not make the same mistakes that I did. And if you have any questions, please just type them in the question box. Um, But I'm gonna be walking you through the three key mistakes that I made and that you shouldn't make when you're looking at creating a truly meaningful and fulfilling career. So the first thing that I really wanna talk about, the biggest mistake I see a lot of people making when they're looking at career planning and choosing a career path is that they copy and paste a career path hoping that it will work for them and I actually think this is something that is taught to us because when we are younger and we're like trying to figure out what we're trying to do and things a lot of the types of careers that we're given are just through you know a career test or um, when you go to career counselor and they just say you know hey like what are the skills you're good at and you know people who are good at this type of thing tend to go in this type of career and what I've started to learn as someone who has been in many industries and many career paths is that 
there's so much more to a career and what you're doing is you're copy and pasting someone else's success and hoping and applying it to yourself hoping that it will work as well so you see someone um like or a success story that says someone has been a doctor or a lawyer and they went to this school and they did these things and then you copy and paste it and think oh if i do all of those things i will also have a successful meaningful career and i think that really tough like the really um, careful thing that you need to know about this is it actually will like this methodology does lead you to a good career right so I mean if you follow that path if you went to all the schools you ticked all the boxes you're probably in a good career path but the problem is it isn't meaningful because you have basically chosen someone else's career path based on something like money a salary which is fine money is very important um you know certain skill sets or a certain type of um title and um and maybe that comes with some kind of recognition from society and it's okay if you are fueled by those things but if you're not motivated by those types of things then what happens is you just end up in a job and in a career path that is okay it's comfortable it's fine but you're actually not happy or fulfilled in because you haven't thought about how it fits into your personality um what the lifestyle is and what actually motivates you what actual affirmations do you require in a job what kind of things that you actually require to feel fulfillment to feel meaning and this is something that um I personally was, almost went through myself because um, for anyone who doesn't know, I was a political science major and I minored in psychology and most of my career like classmates actually went into law. It was a very, very common path and I had considered the same thing. I considered the LSATs. Um, mo most of my class took the LSATs. They got, got into law school and as someone who is hardworking, as someone who is a high achiever and I know the people who are watching this are, are the same way, if you, this is a really dangerous um, mistake to make because you will be successful to an extent in it because you work hard right and that's what I knew would happen is that I would have got past the LSATs I would have gotten into law school but and at the end I probably would have been able to become a lawyer but I know deep down inside of me that I would not have been happy and I'm so happy I'm glad I recognized that before I took the LSATs because the life of a lawyer is not the life that I want and also it is not the change in society I wanted to see. One of the biggest shifts I made that um, deterred me from that kind of path was actually I realized that law does not change the world, it actually maintains society. And this is just a very personal perspective of mine. If you are in law and you love it, that's awesome. But I realized at a young age that if I had gotten into law that, you know, um, how law actually evolves and change laws based a lot on precedent um, and if you really want to see the change in society it has to come from the public right so that's actually why I got more into um, the political environment um, public service side of it activism side of it nonprofit those are the kind of things that I decided hey you know what I want to be on that side of changing the world I don't want to be a lawyer right and also to me law is boring right and so i would have even if i was good at it i wouldn't have been very successful in it because i would have become a lawyer i would have 
worked every day and I would have been miserable because I've been doing something I didn't like and didn't find any type of fulfillment at all. So that is the first thing that I really want you to, um, a key mistake that I really want people to avoid is stop copying and pasting other people's career path and success. And this is a funny thing that someone actually asked me because I don't really talk about what I do for a living on um, MLA. It's funny, isn't it? Like I talk about career advice all day, every day. I have no problem with that, but I don't, tell anyone like what I really do because it, to me, it, it, um, um, it's not relevant, right? Because what I find meaningful in a career is based a lot on my experiences and how I see the world. And I, unless you, like I work in procurement, if you wanted to work in procurement, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so happy to talk to you about it. I'm so happy to answer your questions. I'm, but I'm not going to convince you to come into this career path because it's, if you don't see it the way that I do, you won't um, experience it and find the same meaning. You can just do the same things that I did, but you're not going to be happy or fulfilled because you won't take away from it what I, what um, I have. So the second thing that, and this kind of leads to the second mistake that I see a lot of people making is they not only do they copy and paste their career, they don't attach themselves to a career mission. So what does that mean? It means that I truly believe that careers will change. You know, career change is inevitable. And I really believe that about millennials and Gen Zs, especially the days of staying 40 years in a career are over. I don't think it's, I mean, if you do, that's great, right? And if you're happy, that's awesome, but that's not the reality for many of us. And so careers, not only because careers change, but jobs change, industries change. There were there are careers nowadays that didn't exist 10 years ago. And there are careers when I came out of graduation that I didn't know existed. I only thought, like a certain amount of there were only a certain amount of like titles and jobs out there and now like as an adult you're like wow literally anything can be a career right and what i really want you to talk about at this second portion and it's probably going to be long you guys because i'm going to deep dive into my career mission and my why and i want to share this with you because this is how i've been able to find a meaningful career and how i know my career path will be meaningful so when you talk about a career mission you have to really evaluate what is the change you want to see what do you want to bring to the world right and again not through a title, not through a job, one singular career or industry. What kind of impact do you want to make as a whole, right? And for me, it is economic development and political advocacy. So I am very, very impassioned by this. And there is a very specific reason for that. And this is why I don't really believe that I'm here to convince anyone to get into procurement because you're not gonna see it the way that I do, especially because I work for local government. There is a specific reason why I'm in the career path that I am, that I'm doing the things that I have. So um, I'm gonna take it back a little bit and um, if you've been following me for a while, you've known that um, when I was in university, I always thought I was going to be working in foreign affairs, in international relations. I thought, and at one point I did actually interview with national defense because I thought I would be a spy. And I thought I would go into foreign service work because that's that was a path that I thought, I was doing that thing again where I was like copying and pasting careers because I was like, I like to travel, I love, you know, um, 
diplomacy. I love um, um, politics. I love all of that. Let's do foreign service work, all right? Who, who wouldn't love that? And what I had realized is that, and you know, going into the foreign service is completely different, by the way. If anyone wants to go into it, that's great. But I had a whole Instagram post on why it wasn't the right fit for me. Um, and I actually think I sent it out as an email newsletter as well that, um, and an Instagram story that it was just not the right fit for me. And so what I started doing is I had to start looking internally. And this is one of those things where we talk about our careers. People never actually... People look at like, oh, what's, what are you good at? What are your skills? And then like, what is available out there? And they try to mishmash that. But those two things can change. You can develop new skills. You can develop any skill, actually. You can learn anything, right? If you really wanted to. And jobs change too. So trying to put those things together is like, just, it, it never, it, it, it's not going to work out for very long right? When you're trying to just mishmash things together. So one of the things that I really realized is um, uh, I have this list and I don't know if I'm going to talk about this live because it's very embarrassing. Um, I had a list of things that I wanted to accomplish um, by the time I'm 30 and um, I turn 30 next year and I have not accomplished most of them because of, a lot of it is because of the pandemic. But um, uh, and one and I made this list when I was 20 and I refer back to this list whenever I'm trying to like figure out the person I want to be and um, and one of the things that I really have always that I was always interested in it was inter not just international relations but international development work and um, one of the things that I really wanted to look at is and I think I talked about in this podcast as well is um, I, I decided I wanted after graduation that I'm going to be going to Africa and I would like to look and examine the development work there and I went into that by the way fully being aware like fully knowing the polit like the academia side what volunteerism is what white saviorism is like I had studied that for many years but I felt so disjointed after graduation and my best friend can attest to this because I kept changing my mind on what I was going to do every couple of days and um what I actually ended up doing was I was like, okay, I'm going to explore this version of myself because I need um, to be able to uh, to see, like I was so sick of working basically in the ivory tower and I had to see how policy was executed on the ground. So up until this point, I'd worked for the federal government, I'd worked for university, I'd worked a very high level, very, um, yeah, very ivory tower basically. And people's opinions of, um, international development work I felt like could be very skewed and one class actually a seminar really pointed this out to me is when you live in you know a comfortable home I went to a very good university um, like and you have you know clothing and you have all of these good necessities in life and then you're kind of judging and um, creating policy and um, uh, for countries that live very different lifestyles and have very different circumstances at you, there's a lot of disjointment. So I, when I was like my time in Africa, and I know this sounds like really like corny and cheesy, but it really transformed the way that I saw international development work because I was really like really strong on the fact that I was going into there. I did not want to work um, or volunteer with a company, a big company, because or a company that profits off this, because I had worked in tourism for a really long time. I know what volunteerism is, and I actually ended up working for a um, 
uh, a local grassroots women's organization and um, dealing a lot with microfinance. And through that experience, I saw so much of, you know, what economic development really does. And that really impassioned me. And also looking at the challenges of local government and local organizations, like I had spent so long in the federal service, like, like not so long, but I had spent a, a while in federal government that I was, I just needed to be able to see what the results were on the ground. And the challenges on the ground are so different to the what was being reported and what, what actually happens in policy that that's why I decided to work in local government. And I truly believe in economic development. Um, one of the countries that I was visiting, I was in Tanzania, by the way, when I was working in microfinance. And then when, when, while I was there, I also visited Rwanda. And this is also something that it's very personal to me is um, I had, when I was deciding what I want to do with my life, I had to really examine what actually am I impassioned by? What is the change I want to see in the world? And something I've always been interested in, like this is very morbid, is actually genocide, is war and how countries heal. So I travel a lot and through my travels, I've learned, I, like I've been to Auschwitz and Birkenau in, in um, the Holocaust, um, killing fields in Cambodia. I went to Rwanda to see the genocide there. Um, Canada was actually very involved in that one um, uh, with the UN peacekeepers. Um, and Romeo Dallaire, like I, again, I have, I could talk about this kind of stuff forever and this whole live could be about this and I have like no idea how long I've been talking. I've been talking for almost like 20 minutes, oh my God. Um, so anyways, I have like, and I saw that, you know, what a country did. So Rwanda, if you guys don't know, it's like a history lesson right now. Anyways, Rwanda went through a really terrible genocide in, in um, uh, in like the 19, stopped around the 1990s. And um, what happened is they actually one of the really big things that they did is actually they cut off foreign aid. So um, they were very adamant that they did not want aid. And when you go into Rwanda, it is so different from all the other, from not all the other, I'm sorry, that's just such a big generalization. From It's so different from the perception, the media perception of Africa, that like Africa is poor and like everyone is like, um, needs like us to save them and stuff like that. Rwanda is actually really, really well developed economically and it's actually extremely safe. And I was just flabbergasted by how this country was able to, like I was there in 2015, I was like, oh my God, it's been like 25 years. I was just floored by how they were able to recover, especially because I've been to other countries as well who watched um, who were in, um, in genocide or in conflict or in war. And I was just like, oh my God, um, how did, this is amazing. So again, I could talk a lot about that and it has to do a lot with restorative justice. And this is why I'm such a big advocate for, you know, democracy and political advocacy. But the reason why I'm ranting on about this for so long is that is my why, right? That's my career mission. And I know that. So the job I'm in working right now is procurement and I work for the local government and I love it. I love building local community. And I am so like, it, it, it's, um, it's almost like a double-edged sword sometimes when you're so impassioned by something, but sometimes when you see some things in politics and you're like, oh my God, it hurts you so much. Um, because I'm such an advocate for, um, uh, for democracy and watching people to m manipulate democracy for their own personal gain is something that is extremely tough for me to watch. Um, but I'm just sharing with this is because this is my career mission in life. And I don't know what form it will take for the rest of my life, but because I know what my mission is, I know the 
avenues I will take, right? I'm not going to take a job in law. Okay. That's, that's not the change where I want to see it. And I'm not going to take a job in the foreign service unless, unless it aligns with exactly what I talked about, which is economic development or, um, political advocacy, right? And because I believe in those things so much, I'm not really scared ever now of ending up in a dead end job or not being happy or unfulfilled in my life anymore. I know what fulfills me, right? And again, this is all really based on my personal experiences, my personal perspective of the world. And that's why it's so important when you actually look at a career planning to see the experiences that make you unique and the perception that makes you unique and what the change is that you want to see and stop trying to just copy what other people are doing. Um, I was on a call with a client and she actually really, she's so like passionate about sustainable agriculture. It is amazing. She, she really believes in this and I'm like, you know, it could have been really easy for her, me or her to convince each other that this is how you change the world. This is how you are going to improve the world. But you know what? Both ways are right and we both respect that of each other, but we're not going to change what our current missions are because we know them and they're so deeply ingrained in us. So that is the last thing that I really want to talk about because, oh, sorry, the second thing, I have one more thing that I want to talk about. Um, and uh, the third, like the, what I wanted to kind of just state is that it's so easy to get like shiny object career syndrome, like to be so attractive. Don't you like ever see that? Like you, I, I like get advertisements all the time for careers because I think I write about careers so much. I get like advertisements for C being a CPA and doing this. And so much of it is like, Oh, um, you know, you can make this amount of money. Like, and the thing is like, some of it is great. Like I wish like one of the things that I was interested in high school was, you know, um, the sciences. And I wish I could be one of those cool people who were like a female coder. I think that'd be awesome, like a female coding developer. But like, I gotta be honest with myself. First of all, I'm very creative and I, I need to be around people. I actually hate working from home because, and that's what makes me so good about community engagement. That's, what, that's why I'm so good at building the community because I'm a people person, right? I like being around people. I align my career with my personality. Um, but yeah, I wish I could be the type of person that's like, yeah, girl code. Yeah, I would love to do that. I, I can't because you know what? It's not gonna fulfill me, right? That's not enough of a mission for me. I totally respect that career path and I'm so happy. But for anyone who chooses to do that and like more power to you, but it's not for me. So that's why you, it's so important to align yourself with a career mission because you're gonna change careers, okay? It's just, let's just be honest, I'm gonna change careers. I don't think I'm gonna be doing the same thing for the next 40 years or until I die. Um, and that knowing your career mission then allows you to stop having a career crisis all the time. I feel like so many people like they, you know, they, they end up leaving or hating or whatever for their job for whatever reason. And then they're all of a sudden in this like career crisis where they don't know what to do next. When you have a career mission, you might not know all the answers, but you know the direction. If I lost my job tomorrow, I have my direction. I, it might not be perfect, but I know the, the path that I'm going on and it will still lead me to fulfillment. It won't probably be perfect in every way, but it's still going to be able to make me happy at the end of the day. 
And um, the third thing, wow, this is going for a long time. The third thing that I wanted to talk about um, when it comes to creating a, um, a fulfilling career path and a mistake I see a lot of people make is they focus so much on strategy and not at all on mindset at all. And um, when I say strategy, I say this because so many things when you're looking at a career path, they're like, oh, well, you should do this program. You should um, apply for this master's. I have thought about doing my master's like every single year, except for maybe this year, right? Every, every year since I've graduated, it's like six or seven years. No, I graduated in 2015. So it's like um, four years that I would just think, oh my God, like let's do my master's. Um, um, and you know, that's the thing because I, and it's the part of me and I had to really be honest with myself that thinks that we're still you if you still you know check these boxes go on this career path you're gonna be happy and you're going to be fulfilled but it doesn't work that way right you um there is no perfect career path um everyone finds it in different ways and instead of just trying to figure out like oh all I need to do is go to this enroll in this program, do this, do this next thing. I mean, it's great, but you have to make sure that it is aligned with what you actually want. And what I have found that instead of focusing on the strategy side is just really looking at the mindset side. And this is actually what gave me my biggest push in my career. So I was doing administrative, like I was an assistant. I was doing all these types of um, roles like, um, uh, aid roles like clerical roles like just being the junior analyst I was doing it up until about February um, and because I was really I didn't know how to get into that next level you know and so instead of and I, I like thought maybe I could just take another course I could just do another thing and maybe if I go for a master's and stuff like that and instead I learned how to market myself right and that's the key thing I really want you to come away with this is when you are trying to create a fulfilling career um first of all don't try to copy and paste what other people do um because it won't work and second of all you know attach yourself to a career mission and third learn how to market yourself and those skills to attract the correct fit for your career instead of trying to make it fit for you so instead of just looking at a career and saying, hey, this is cool, this is shiny, maybe this will make me happy in life, and then put it into you, do the opposite. <laughs> look at yourself, look at what makes you happy and fulfilled in your career, and then learn how to market those skills to attract your dream career. And I know that sounds really corny because, um, uh, like, but you might be saying, but no, these careers need this type of thing and this type of thing. and you have to learn what an actual career path requires and what skills you already have. So you don't have to learn absolutely everything going into your career. There's a very high chance that whatever you're doing has transferable skills. And that is what I really wanted to talk about to the, today. So it is hitting almost 30 minutes. I can't believe I spoke for this long um, without taking a drink of water or without boring too many people and that people have actually stayed for this live. But I really hope that you have found this helpful. These are things that I wish I had told actually the 20 year old version of myself because I spent so, so many years just trying to, like I did the copy and pasting for a really long time. Um, 
just trying to make things work for me. And you know what? I actually ended up quote unquote successful in some of those paths, but the problem was I wasn't happy. And to other people, I was like, even in roles, I was getting promoted in them. So I was, again, when you're hardworking, when you're a high achiever, you actually will get, that's the problem. You do get far. You, and it almost feels like you should be grateful for what you had. And I tried to do that, actually. I tried to, um, when I was unhappy in my career, I tried to just keep going with it and accepting it and being like, you know what, um, maybe this is what I'm just meant to do. And um I should just be lucky. So I kind of continued on that path. I even took courses in education. I spent a lot of time in those career paths. And I was, I, I stayed on a, a career path I was unfulfilled in for a very long time because I didn't think I was good enough to actually break out of it, to be honest. And I, I have a, like I talk a lot about imposter syndrome and it's something I still struggle a lot with today. Even when I'm working the career I want, like I still feel sometimes scared that people will email me back and say, you know, you're not actually good enough for this. Or like, they will. I, I feel like I'm gonna get called out one day. And it's funny because even I, with the organization I worked in, obviously I got hired for it, but I interviewed for other organizations as well. So they also saw something in me because I was able to market myself correctly. And even like when I, you have all the other confirmations that like, you know what, you're skilled. Like, and I've had people tell me that in other industries, it's like, ooh, I still don't feel like I'm good enough. But that is something I really help with my um, career coaching clients on. And um, I really wanted to just end this call today um, with a very special super announcement. And that is my career coaching program, my one-on-one -on -one program is now officially opened. Um, I have not opened it for six months because um, I give my clients so much focus, so much effort. And um, uh, I've previously only ever been working with people that came to me privately and I didn't give any opportunity to anyone else in the community that might be struggling with their career or looking for a new um, career path and really needing that extra help with that with that mindset, with that self-doubt especially. I think that was something that held me back for so, so long, way longer than I like would like to admit, um, even on the call. So if you need extra help with this area, then my one-on-one -on -one career coaching program, the link is actually in my bio right now. I like put it in like five minutes before this live. So if you were on, like if you went to my profile, you would have seen it already. Um, good for you. Um, but yes, if you are looking for extra help, I would love to help you. I have worked with many clients before who struggled with self-doubt, who were only making lateral career moves been there, done that so many times, um, uh, and we're just struggling to learn how to break out of their career paths. And I'm so excited to teach my methodology and my framework on how to reverse engineer your success, how to promote yourself, all the tools along the way. And um, the coaching program involves one-on-one -on -one calls with me. I'm really, really, um, involved in um, my uh, clients careers even to this day i love hearing updates from my clients and seeing what they're up to and just the transformation that happens afterwards and you know what my actual favorite part of my career co of career coaching is is actually when my clients are able to understand and call themselves out on things that is like the apps that's when i know that this that this is going to be a repeatable process and that's why i 
really believe in the career coaching program is because the truth is, you know, career planning, self-doubt, all of that kind of stuff, it never really goes away. Um, because self-doubt is what protects us, right? We we don't want to do things that are uncomfortable, right? We want to protect ourselves. We're humans. And that is why um, I'm, I'm so excited and I so believe in career coaching and especially learning how to counteract self-doubt in your career because the truth is it will you will hit the next level of it once you go get in, like I'm still struggling with it like once you even become a certain level of success you you still get there but the 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 good part about it is that you can repeat it so I hope you enjoyed this episode I really had a lot of fun doing it and you know what like the Instagram live audio turned out a lot better than I thought it would. And it was just recorded on my iPhone. So I think this is something I'm going to do more often in the future because it's really great to be interactive with you on the live and um, be able to talk with anyone on the live as well, but then be able to save the audio for later in case someone wasn't able to make the live and wants to listen to it after the fact. Um, or if you might not be on social media or on Instagram, you still have access to it as well. So this was really, really fun. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you found it helpful. And just a reminder that the special um, community promotion for my one-on-one -on -one career coaching program will expire on December 10th. 2020. So if you are really looking for more help, if you want to break into the next level of your career and really make 2021 the career, um, the year that you start living up to your career potential, please reach out. The link will be in the show notes, but you can always go to millennialifeadmin.com slash career coaching or click the link in the bio. Um, sorry, not bio. I'm not in, on Instagram anymore. Click the link in the show notes to book a call and fill out an application. I really hope to talk to you soon. But until next time, happy saving and spending. And remember, I'm always cheering you on. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Money on Life and Men podcast, I highly encourage you to leave a review or rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. This helps more people discover the podcast and become a part of this community. Remember, we're all figuring out this work-life money thing together.